So this morning's message is titled, More Than Nice. And I thought about it. If you've ever gone to a, a drive-thru or whatever, and I've probably said this before and you think about this, you know, they always try to upsell you. We went hiking yesterday, and, and I stopped uh, to a place. I won't name the place because I shouldn't have stopped there because I'm trying to be a little bit more healthy. And then you go through, and I actually ordered somewhat, like, I, I didn't order healthy, I'm not going to lie, but I ordered somewhat healthy, you know, like qualified it, and then at the end, I was proud of myself, and they said, well, would you like to add an apple or a blueberry cobbler? And I sat there for a moment, and I said, no, I shouldn't, but yeah, I'll take the apple cobbler. And it's kind of like you saying, yeah, I'll supersize that, or you can make it large. More than nice is, is a little bit that way, where nice is just like, you know, would someone ever say, well, well, bless their heart, right? And really, in essence, they're saying, you're nice. But more than nice is, is something that I want to build on this morning because I believe it's an overlooked distinction, that has huge importance on how we act towards one another and how we respond to each other. So nice is just what we will call, it's just nice. But we are called to be more than just nice. You see, kind moves us beyond the niceties of our journey together. Kindness transcends current trends political statements, ideologies, and everything else. Because, again, we distance ourselves with the term and the action of nice. But what I want to challenge you to think about is this, that kindness will move you closer. Kindness points us to action. So here's the issue. Many of us put way more effort in looking nice than being nice. Far more time we spend time looking in the mirror more than we do looking to God. Want to improve your appearance? Be nice. In fact, be more than nice. Again, we're going to leave that kind of thought. And you say, well, how do you do that? We'll talk about dressing for success. Colossians 3.12 says, since God chose you to be holy people, he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So how do we move in and through a world who seems to be so intense at times, who seems at times to be so confrontational, where our opinions seem to have such lofty weight upon them? And what I want to say is this, that man's opinion, woman's opinion, people's opinions are far less than the will and the spirit of God who he wants to move through in his church. So how do we bring out our best? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15, it says, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. Now stop there for a moment. I don't even have to say anything. You could say, well, is that being nice? Well, it's being nice, but it's more because if you really do it, there are going to be times where you're going to know this is an action of kindness because every part of who I am wants to respond differently but always strive. And strive means that you're going to have to put some effort. You're going to have to put some energy. 
You are at times going to have to bite your lip. There are times where you're going to have to push that down. It says strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And again, if we would live by this scripture, our world would be different. See, part of the solution to our, what we would say, modern-day crisis is we just need to be more than nice. Being nice simply isn't enough. So this morning, we're going to dig into this, this concept of examining how we are to be kind because kind is different. And again, week number one, week number two, if you're in person or maybe possibly online, you can say, well, I haven't been there. I haven't listened to those, watched those. You can check those out on our website. But make sure that you build into this because, again, it's a progression. It's a progression of knowledge and wisdom. And as the Lord begins to speak to you and he begins to move through you, you understand, I can't just be nice. God has not called the church just to be nice. So we're going to examine this concept and the role kindness can play in changing lives and hearts. So let's look at the differences. Nice is polite, but not always what we need to hear. Kind is honest and stands its ground. Nice can be passive where kind requires action and at times courage. Nice doesn't add to problems. Now listen to this. Nice doesn't add to problems, but, but kindness solves them. Nice is something you say, and I love this one, kind is something you do. Because I'm going to tell you, words are easy at times. It's kind of like, hey, you know, I, was, I said this to, to a group this last Wednesday in our, um, our purpose group, and I said, you know what, don't ever be in a conversation with somebody and say, well, I'll pray, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you about that. Stop. Be kind. There's more words there, but be kind. Pray for them right there. If they brought it up to you, they're okay with whatever it is going to happen next, right? But stop, and what I'm saying to you is this, because nice is something you say, where kind is something you do. Nice doesn't pick a fight. Kind stands up to stop the fight. So question to you is this, what is kindness? So let's examine what this looks like and just break it down in, in a very familiar scripture, and that is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I love this story, and as I was reading it over and over and over and over throughout this week, God began to illuminate some truths that I think are very relevant to our world today. You see, kindness is not an emotion or feeling. Kindness is love in action. It really is the verb part of just the whole nice part because you are adding to it. So Luke 10, 25 through 28 is just to, to kind of dig in this a little bit. It says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. He says, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, right, do this, and you will live. So we would first say this, good answer, right? But it wasn't good enough 
Because you check out his responses to Jesus' answer, and he goes on further in Luke 10, 29, and he says, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So the response is this. If you tell me who my neighbor is, that's who I'll be kind to. If you tell me who my neighbor is, that's who I'll be, quote, nice to. If you tell me who I need to love, then I've got my boxes checked, and then I will have eternal life. In essence, here's what he was saying. He was, he was looking for his way out, right? And I don't know about you, but maybe it's just the weird mind that I, that I kind of have is there are times where I said, God, if you just give me the list of things to do, I'll knock those out today. But it's not so simple. So let's look at the action of kindness and what it looks like. You see, I believe, again, as we started out this message, is God's word transforms us. When we're in his presence, it transforms us. So the question that we need to say is, what do I take from the word of God today so that I may be more Christ-like than I've ever been before? So important things to consider as we dig into the further part of the story is we see a, a... a divide between two different parties, those of the Samaritans and those of the Jews. In fact, you could talk about people not liking each other. And you can say, well, has it existed from the very beginning? It sure has. It has not stopped. We think that 2020, 2021 is unique. It's not because it's been going on forever and forever and forever. So we have these two different groups of people. Again, the Samaritans and the Jews, they really despised each other. So we go on with the story in verse 30. It says, Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. So we're going to come in contact in this story with actually four total people, the one who has been injured, and three other individuals who had an opportunity who had a part in the story to possibly be beyond niceties and respond in action, which we are going to say kindness. So the first point that I want to make you aware of is this, that kindness is felt in nearness, meaning this, that proximity makes a difference. Luke 10, verse 31, it says, By chance a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, and I want to stop there for just a moment. Here he is going about his normal everyday business. He sees someone laying there. It says he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Now, I don't know about you, but let me illustrate that in modern era time. If, if our youth director, David, is standing there and he's, and he's injured and he's, he's needing help, and that would be me from my observation going, wow, look what's happened. But what does the scripture say? He sees it and he says, I'm out. And I can't walk past this line or I'd be over there. Illustration. So you can say, well, what are you talking about, about nearness and proximity? We're going to get there in just a moment. But it stopped there for just a moment because he saw the man laying there. I mean, literally, 
He was there. But see, rather than respond in kindness, what he chose to do is change the there, right? He says, I see it, and my there is I see the need, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go over here. He removed himself from the equation of kindness. There's often like, and I don't know if you ever have this struggle, it's kind of like when, you know, going like this with your ears or with your eyes and just going, no, 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 I don't want to hear it. How many times have you gone by a knee and said, I'm just going to ignore us all that? But can I tell you that I believe that God is calling the church to open their eyes? God is calling the church not to look away. You see, the problem is this. We believe that if we keep our distance, that we're okay. And there are points in time that I believe, and again, this doesn't exist at Hope. Of course, I'm talking about the other churches. But we believe that if we ignore it, it's someone else's problem. Someone else will be called to kindness. Someone else will be called to action. Someone else will see the need and they will respond. But what I want to challenge you and say to you is this, that if God puts you in proximity, if you are near to the need, that the kind thing to do is to respond. You see, it's really easy to keep our distance. And I was thinking about this last night in the middle of the morning is we're, we're so accustomed to it. Like, you know, we, we do the cute thing. We're like socially distancing. We got to figure this out. That's why we say this, and, and I'm trying not to say it, but we truly are what? Better together. You can say, well, does it apply towards everything? I think it does. Because guess what? When you're not alone, when you're with somebody, when you begin to falter, when you begin to fail, when you begin to feel sick, when you begin to feel weak, when you begin to feel fear, when you begin to feel whatever, guess what? Someone walks alongside you and says, I got you. And I'm going to tell you what, but I don't know if you're up in the middle of the mountains and God just gives you this radical, you know, news or if you got signal and you get this thing and you're like, I want a million dollars. If you can't get a hold of anybody else, how are you going to celebrate that million dollars? But what do you want to do? You want to celebrate the joys and the things of life, not with yourself, but with others. Why? Because nearness and proximity matters. The act of kindness is celebrated with someone else. The second point is kindness is expressed in curiosity, but manifests itself in caring. Now, here's a truth that I, I just I just want to kind of point out, and again, we're gonna we're gonna build on this. Kindness requires curiosity. Luke 10 32. It says a temple assistant walked over, and I love this, and again, if you notice. I'm not trying to put down pastors because I'm going to be putting down, putting down myself. But it was, it was a priest. And now you have with the, it's a Levite, right? Temple assistant walked over. They should know better. And again, builds on this story. It says he looked at him lying there. Now, again, for, for illustration purposes, the first 
the priest, he sees him and says, I see you. You got trouble. I'm out of here, right? Bails out. So the second guy, the Levite says, the scripture says, he walks over and looked at him there, lying there, which means this. I think he was a little bit closer. I think he went in with a little bit of curiosity to say, you know, it's kind of like if you've ever noticed, why in the world when there's a little fender bender do we back up 10 miles? Can I tell you why? This scripture tells us exactly why. Well, let me check it out. Curiosity, what's the, the, the saying? Curiosity will kill the cat, right? It says the temple assistant walked over and looked at him there, and I think here's a paraphrase. I think, wow, you got problems. I'm out. He says he goes on to the other side as well, doesn't it? You see, he was walking along the side of the road. He walks over, and I believe he stares at him. He checks it out. He's curious. But here's the point that I want to make. He sees the need but does nothing with it. So let me ask you a question. Do we really care if we don't respond? Let me say it again. Do we really care if we don't respond? I don't know about you, but when those ASPCA commercials come on TV, I thought about showing it this morning. You know what I do? I immediately grab the controller. I'm like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Because I'm sitting on the, you know, the couch, like watching the big football game. ASPCA comes in. I got tears flowing down my face. I'm like, did you see that dog? And I'm not making fun of it because I think it's horrible. But if we don't respond, do we really care? You see, I believe that we can be curious but uncaring. I believe we can be curious but uncaring. And you can say, well, I don't I see so many problems around me. I see them, and I'm not sure what to do. That's okay. In fact, that's a great position to be in because then I'm going to tell you, you know what? You need to pray with pray, pray to God that he'll give you wisdom and give you answers. Get with a group of people and say, you know what? I've been, I've been seeing this. Because you're taking your curiosity and you're moving into realm of proximity and nearness and then you're saying, you know what? I need to do something about this. Curiosity stares but kindness stops and responds. Exodus 23, 5. I want to be honest with you. I've never remembered the scripture, to be honest with you. I remember taking, you know, the whole Pentateuch and all that kind of stuff. This is one that, as, as Bible college students, we would have geeked out on in, in college. But I don't remember this one, but it stood out to me this week. But it says, if you see that donkey of someone, no, stop for just a moment. I know unless you're a farmer in here, you may not see this, but we're going to modernize it for just a moment, just a second. But it says, if you see that the, the donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load, do not walk by. Instead, stop and help. I mean, think about that for a moment. What does that really mean? It means if you see a need, stop and help. If you see somebody hurting, stop and help. 
If you see someone that has something that you give, do you know, can I just say this? Every one of you is called. Every one of you is gifted. Every one of you, God has given an incredible divine passion. Every one of you has something to offer to someone. So I do not find it by happenstance or circumstance that there will be times in your life where you find yourself in proximity or nearness to a need that needs to be met. Church, do you hear me? Every step that you take, everywhere that you go, there should be this desire, this energy, this zeal to say, where I go today, God, I'm going to look with my eyes, but they're not going to be my eyes, but they're going to be yours, and I'm going to listen with your ears because I believe that today is a divine day and that you have an appointment for me for someone else. I don't want to just pass them by anymore. I don't want to just go by and say, well, God, God bless them. That's a nice response, and that's a nice church godly response to say, but that's why we invest a whole lot of resources and a whole lot of money and a whole lot of people to something that is so transformative called Hope Street Food Pantry. And can I tell you, folks, that's just the beginning because God has called the church to look outside these four walls and say, how will you love the people? How will you love your community? How will you not just be nice, but be kind to the people that I've called you to? In essence, what it's saying is do the right thing. And I love this scripture because it says, if you see that the donkey of someone who hates you. Now, there are going to be times if you don't like somebody and you're like, you know what? They've been irritating me. I'm okay with the donkey sitting on them. Am I the only? I mean, I'm sorry. Pray for me. I know by your laugh, you're like, yeah. But you know what you need to say? God, forgive me. We say this all the time, and it's not about your personal preferences. It's not about the styles that you like. It's about the presence of God. Every one of us will do it a bit differently, and you know what? That's, that's the beauty of the church. Every one of us has different gifts. Every one of us has different abilities. Every one of us is going to approach the concept of living our life with godly kindness. You're going to do it different, and that's okay. In fact, we're going to celebrate that. But the point that I'm making is this, that if you don't respond, the needs are not met. God will find someone else. But do you want to be that person that keeps passing by and God keeps knocking on hearts? Because I'm going to believe, and I believe this to be true because I know it in my life. There are times where I've missed that opportunity, and God brings you back some other day to say, here you go again. What did you learn last time? We're to be kind with everyone. That means that we can disagree with a whole lot of stuff. Can I say this is just unrelated, but related, but the act of kindness is not to disagree in a way that shoots someone else down. You have a conversation in kindness. I 
I'll leave that alone. Kindness is caring but manifests itself in action. And I'm going to say loving, godly action. Luke 10, verse 33. It says, then a despised Samaritan came along. And again, remember the story, right? The priest went by. The temple worker, the Levite went by. And now you have the third individual that comes by who is a Samaritan. The person down and injured is a Jew. These people don't like each other. You would think the priest would have taken care of it. You would have thought the Levite would take care of it. But now, again, go back to that scripture. It says, if, you, if, if the donkey is falling on the person you hate, here is this great example of people who do not like each other. Their ideologies are opposed to each other. And it says, when this despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Some scriptures say that he felt pity upon him. And that's not a pity, oh, so sorry, see you later. But he says that he felt pity, compassion, and was moved to respond because of the need. He had a heart of kindness. Can I challenge you to develop a heart of kindness? When you're about ready to respond to someone, ask yourself this. Am I responding in a heart of kindness? And if you can't, if you can't answer, if it's no, don't say it. And if you say I'm not so sure, don't say it. Wait until you can. You can be in a conversation with somebody and say, hey, you know what? Can we pick this conversation up a little bit later? If you're not in the right attitude, rather than saying a whole bunch of something, Stop. So what was different about this, this, this man, the, the Samaritan? You see, kindness sees the needs of people around them and responds. Luke 10, 33, it says, Then the despised Samaritan, and then he goes on further to section B, he felt compassion for him. So I'm going to give you some keys to kindness. And the first one is this, observation. Just look around. You can say, well, look around. What does that mean with my eyes? Yes, with your eyes and with your ears. And you look with your ears. And you say, well, what does that mean? Because you're tuning them to conversation. Don't be the creeper, right? Like, I'm going to creep in on this conversation. But we look with our ears. We look with our eyes. And you say, well, what does that mean? It means that we're looking for where God today can I practice kindness. He said, well, you don't know my schedule. I'm scheduled out all day long. Tough. Makes him divine room, right, David? We're going to touch on that in a second. You see, this man saw a need. You can't observe what you don't make time to see. You can't observe what you don't make time to see. So what inhibits our ability to see? I'm glad you asked because I'm going to give you two big ones. Busyness kills kindness. It does. I remember my first years of ministry, and I believe I've said this before, but it's, it's been so transformative. I went from a church where I didn't know what a calendar was 
to a church who said success of ministry was that if we look at a white space on your calendar, you're not doing it good enough. And again, if you know me well enough, that means that I will schedule appointments at 11.30 p.m. You know, especially teenage, young adults, college students, they'll meet, they'll meet at the IHOP at 12 a.m. Some good fellowship then and pancakes. But what I'm saying is this. They do fill the schedule, fill the schedule, fill the schedule, fill the, fill the schedule. Busyness does not equate to godliness. In fact, I would say opposite. Do the things that God has called you to do. But busyness will kill kindness. Being in a hurry will kill kindness. And you say, well, what does that mean? If you look at the stories of Jesus and the miracles that happened, it was him going about his everyday life journey, and he stopped and he paused. He saw a need, and he responded. So what I'm saying is just, just create some margins. Create some divine moments in your life so that you can respond when God calls. And you can say, well, I've, I created this moment at lunch. I'm going to be here at lunch and nothing happens. If nothing happens, then pick up your phone and out of kindness, text somebody that's on your heart. Text them a simple line that says, hey, was thinking about you, and I'm praying for you today. Kindness. Nice would say, eh, yeah, I'll do that later. Because guess what? If you say you're going to do it later, most likely by the time you fall asleep, wake up the next day, it's done. It didn't happen. You see, what I've realized, the slower I go, the more I see. And that doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I'm going to go. That's not what I'm saying. You can ask Larry when I go hiking. He's about the slowest person I know. <laughs> there you are, Larry, just teasing <laughs> Can I tell you, just a side note, when we do go hiking, can I, I promise you, I know what Larry's, Larry's not in the back going, I can't do this. You know what Larry's doing? He's being kind. He's talking. He's having a conversation. Because I can hear Larry five miles away. <laughs> Love you, Larry. You see what I'm saying? sharing with somebody the other day. So why do you go up in the mountains? Why do you go hiking with people? Because I love people. The nice thing, well, yeah, let's get together. The kind says, you know what? Let's get together on this date. The slower I go, the more I see. And again, look at the stories of Jesus. Read them. There's something beautiful about his life, meaning that where he went... Others were drawn to. Others were, were found in his proximity, his nearness. And I often ask the question, why? And I'm not sure that I know the exact answer, but I know there, there, are, there are some that I believe to be true, that where the Spirit of God is, that he will draw people. I believe that Scripture says there is, as a Roman pastor Mike talked about, this is a Roman of life and light. And I believe the whole better together, if you've, if you've witnessed that, there is something powerful 
where we act and respond in godly kindness because it's transformative. It's life-changing. See, 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. Can I tell you that if you begin to focus less on yourself and more for others, God's got you taken care of. But kindness will say, you know what? I'm going to focus on others, and I'm going to let God worry about me. And here's the beauty of better together, that if we're so concerned about others, someone's got your back in this room. Someone's got your back. If I was struggling with something today, if I have need, there is not a hesitation that someone would come up and say, I got you. What do you need? Have you ever practiced this? Kindness is this. If you're in a working relationship with somebody, a friendship with somebody, text them or call them and say, hey, what can I do for you today? What can I do to help you? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can pray with you about? Is there anything that I can do to show up? Let me be near. Let me show up in your life. Let me practice not just nice, but let me practice godly kindness in your life. You see, you can't care unless you are aware, which means this, that you've got to be involved in people's lives. You've got to start listening to their story. You've got to start watching their lives because there are going to be times where those wounds, those things in their life, they're not going to just come out and say, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling with depression or I'm struggling with this and my kids are all right off the rails or whatever it may be. But you listen and you say, you know what? I'm aware. I'm here. See, I believe there are needs all around you. In fact, I believe that we're really good. And you know what we've mastered at church is to come and dress the part. We're good at that. Kindness moves us to action. We've got to begin to act more and more. And you say, well, how do we do more? That's not for us to worry about. I will say this. We've got to be obedient. But I dare to say, I said, Pastor Mike, did you imagine for just a moment Hope Street or anything we've been doing? I mean, imagine... As a church plan, what, how many years ago? Twelve. In our dreams, we say, yeah, yeah, but. But the Spirit of God is the same. But do you know how all these things happen? Someone said, here I am, Lord. There's a bunch of things, patience, love, mercy, grace. But today we're talking about kindness. So what kindness translates into the everyday action of loving each other, loving each other, not loving each other. Kindness moves us to action. Not only do we see need, but Scripture says this in the Scripture. It says he felt compassion. He moved. And he didn't just feel compassion, but he acts upon what he saw in the emotion which he felt because, again, he saw the need and responded. He didn't wait. He didn't pause. He didn't wait for someone else to come by. He didn't wait for a more qualified individual. 
There was no delay, no wait. And again, it's just a beautiful thing. So we pick this up in Luke 10, 34 through 35. He says, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil. And I'll stop here for just a moment because it wasn't, you say, well, he, olive oil and wine in bandage them. I'm not sure what he bandaged them with. It wasn't that he had a first aid kit in his, in his, in his ultralight backpack. He took care of him with what he had. It says, then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. It says, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. I love that part. Because really, it's all about this kindness will always require action. It's just the truth. Kindness will always require action. You see, kindness isn't something you wait until you feel it and then you do it. But you act your way into it. And most importantly, you love. What if we could love the way Jesus did? Passionately, faithfully, powerfully. What if the way we love could make a difference in the world around us? What if that love looked at everyone the way God does? A love which doesn't see the past, but is consumed by a desire to see people come to know Jesus. Love which is patient and kind, not envious or prideful. A love which puts others before ourselves, chooses peace over anger. A love which protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Do we love like this? Do we love like Jesus? Maybe it's time to ask a simple question. How can we love better? How can we love better? The truth is this. Kindness will move you to love. doesn't mean that you accept everything and that you agree with everything. But it does mean that you will be moved. I thought about this story. There's a few things that I want to close out this thought. The Samaritan gave what he had. He says he bandaged him and put him on the donkey, took him to the inn. And he even paid for him to stay. See, Nice would have said, hope somebody else comes by. 
nice in the second example was he came by, checked it out, and probably decided, you know what, this is going to be a little messy. My schedule doesn't have enough time. But see, kindness wrapped up, in the, wrapped up in the action of love, came over, saw the need, and was moved and said, what I have, I will give you. Story about the disciples there. But more importantly than taking care of your wounds and taking care of the transportation to get you to safety and taking care of, I believe that the presence of God was very close and near. So what I'm saying to you today is this, Hope Church in 2021, will you love more? Will you love better? Will you be more kind? And will you allow yourself, your hands and your feet and your mouth and your mind, will you put everything to, how do I be more kind in this world? How do I make a bigger impact in this world? How do I do more with what you've given me, God? Because I'm going to tell you, kindness is not convenient at times. Loving others is not convenient at times. There will be times where you say, I just don't feel it. I just don't have it. And God's going to show up when you become a crossover from the area of doubt into the area of obedience and say, God, it's time that I show up and I do what you've called me to do. And you say, well, what is that? Just show up. Just be. And that tells me that we have to be closer to the brokenhearted, closer to those who are hurting, closer to those that need Jesus more than we've ever done before. Luke 10, 36 through 37. The end of the story. Jesus and this, this man, they were having a conversation again, remember, and said, well, tell me who to love. So now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said this, yes, now go and do the same. You know, do we develop all kinds of systems to minister to people? Sometimes we do really good and sometimes we don't do as good. But can I tell you this? That if every one of us would take this concept and, and go and do the same, my prayer for you is this. Help me, God, to see others as you see them. Help me, God, everywhere I step to see with my eyes the needs that are right in front of me. Help me, God, to hear beyond the words that we often say, hey, are you okay? I'm okay. I don't know how many times I say, are you, are you, are you really okay? Talk to me. 
Because I'm going to tell you that the world needs us closer. God has called us to proximity and walking with each other. To say this, I see you and I hear you. And I'm ready to respond because of the presence of God is in me. And I know that I may not be able to fit that need. But my God can. It's a call to action. Help me to be more kind and to love more. So the challenge is simple this morning. Will you do that? And here's the call to action that I'm going to ask you to do. If you'll do that, this may sound really simple. But I believe it's profound and I believe it can be a divine moment in your life that if you're saying God send me yes God I want to do more yes God I want to be more kind godly kindness and godly love the kindness will move you to action and if you can say this morning that's what I want to do God use me I want you to stand to your feet right now come on there should be a church response and you can say well yeah I'm going to respond here's the deal Scripture is very clear. It says, go into this world and tell them the good news. Making disciples. God said that I sent his son Jesus so that you might choose eternal life. Mel, where are you? You in here? What would have happened if Mel didn't say yes? What happened if Pastor Mike said, you know, and Denise said, not so sure. Because I'm going to tell you, everybody who's planted a church, everybody's responded in ministry. Every person who's moved from one location to another had to decide in their heart to say, is this what you want, God? But can I challenge you to think about something different? God doesn't give us a decision. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, God doesn't give you a decision. Do I be kind? Mm, not so sure. It's for every one of us. So this is what I want to do. I want us to close our eyes, and I want you just to begin to worship him for just a moment. We still have time. And here's my prayer for you. I want you to, to just seal this moment with God. And I want you, yourself, you to ask yourself this question. God, help me to be more kind. Help me to love deeper. Help me to see differently. Help me to hear differently. Help me to respond in obedience. Help me to respond in the things that you've called me to do. Because I'm going to tell you church, every one of you has something significant and impactful in this kingdom that we walk in that is only temporary because God has said that he is calling upon your life and he's anointed you to do great things because of him who dwells in you. So come on church, let's just raise our voices. Father, we thank you. We celebrate you today. Father, I know that you're beginning to speak to individuals today to love more, to be deeper in the relationships, to be more kind. Godly kindness. It will move us to action, Lord. Help us to respond. Help us to be obedient. Help us to see exactly what you've called us to do. We praise you, Father. Move in our lives, Lord.